Thanks, Matt, Addie, and Mitch for reminding us that God is the only one who can make a way when we feel like there is no way. And right now with this coronavirus, we are living in some unprecedented times. Uh, Our whole world is affected. Our world seems like it's screeching to a halt. We've got schools that are closing and trying to figure out how to move education forward. We've got businesses that are closing. We've got people trying to work from home if they can work. We've got people losing their jobs. We've got churches that are trying to figure out how to continue to minister to people in this new reality. And this is something that we haven't faced before as a world all at one time. And many of us don't know how to handle this. We're not exactly sure what to do in these moments. And so we're going to talk about that today. So today I've invited Tim, our executive pastor, and Brian, our groups and care pastor, to have a conversation with me. And uh, we know that many of you are at home uh, in your living room or in your bedroom somewhere enjoying uh, this service. And we just wanted to make this a, a personal conversation between us and you and invite you into this conversation today. Uh, so guys, thank you for doing this with me today. My pleasure. And, uh, you know, we've got our Germex, That's just right. in case anybody, we're you know, starts coughing or, distancing. That's or right. sneezes, you know, we're going to squirt it on them. <laughs> uh, we're six feet away from each other. We're taking precautions uh, in this moment. And let me just remind you, because we know this, we're not doctors. We're not going to be talking about this from a medical perspective. We're pastors. And so we're going to be talking about this in trying to find God's perspective in all of this. So uh, guys, again, thank you for yeah, doing man. this. I'm um, excited. Uh, our world is uh, being affected greatly right now. Everyone all around the world, all at the same time is dealing with this crisis. And we've got Uh, some controversy out there. So there's some people that kind of feel like we're going way overboard. There are other people that feel like we're not taking this serious enough. So what's the right perspective when it comes to that balance? Yeah, I think it's real easy in the day and age that we live in um, to either go to those extremes, either overreact or to not take things serious enough. Um, You know, we are bombarded by the news every day, and they've got to make headlines, and there's a story out there, and who's going to be, you know, make it to the first punch? We don't know where people are coming from, and so it creates a lot of confusion at times. It creates a lot of uh, just doubts or speculation of what's going on and what's really happening Um, And so there's a lot to sort through. And so I think it's just a wise thing uh, just to pause and reflect and ask the question, what's the wise thing to do? Um, You know, as Christ followers, we're told by God to go and seek him, to pray, to ask for guidance, to ask for wisdom, um, and pause and wait for his answer. Um, King Solomon, uh, who was the wisest person on earth, um, he, he... over and over again, just told us how to listen, to slow down, to listen to advice. Uh, in Proverbs thirteen thirteen, um, he said, "People who despise advice are asking for trouble. Those who respect the command will succeed." And we find in Romans, Paul writes in Romans thirteen that God's the one who has instituted governments. He's also instituted our leadership uh, in our world. And so uh, he's done that to protect us. 
And so in times like this, you know, what does my heart well is to see at the end of the day, regardless of what you believe, like right now, the, the world is coming and saying it should be about people first. And that just echoes God's heartbeat. That's right. I mean, God says it should be about people first. That's what his heart's about. And so that's the way I look at it. Um, is how we should make decisions. Yeah, I think that's exactly right, Tim. I mean, one of the things that I'm trying to do or have tried to learn to do is to is to kind of break it down in, in, in bite-sized chunks, so to speak, and have a good understanding. All right, what is the, what is the medical component? You know, what is the relational component? Um, and, and for Christ followers, what's the spiritual component, you know, and and process that, like Tim said, you know, through the truth of, of scripture, what we know to be true and then do the wise thing. And, uh, if we do the wise thing, uh, most of the time we're going to do the right thing, if not every time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I agree with that, that going back to that question, um, that comes from Solomon is what's the wisest thing for me to do in this moment? And I think that can help us navigate some of that. James chapter four, verse eight, I think actually gives us the answer to this. It says, come close to God and God will come close to you. And then it says, wash your hands, you sinners. And so I think that's the answer (laughs) from God right there. We need to wash our hands. I'll be the first, you know, one in our group to do that right now. Especially when we don't have toilet paper. Uh, So come on. You may not have toilet paper, but we have toilet paper. So be careful. Be careful, Shane. Taking Tim's hand. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tim, another question. Bar if you <laughs> yeah. need it, brother. <laughs> another question for us: uh, How can we stay positive when so there's so much negativity out there? You know, you watch the news, and it just seems like there's just so much negative news that's being broadcast. How do we stay positive in these moments? Well, I want to make a statement. I want to ask everybody just to, to stay with me, okay? Because I'm not saying that we should not be informed and that we shouldn't pay attention to what everybody's saying and what's going on. But I think one of the greatest ways we can stay positive in this season of uncertainty is to just turn off the TV. Um, Here's what we know, okay? Um, Not everything that we read and everything that we hear is true, right? Right. I mean, there's so much information out there. There's so much stuff going on and not everything we read and everything we hear is true. And uh, I've found myself being addicted to the 24-hour news cycle at times. And what I've discovered is about every two hours, they're going to say the same thing over and over and over again. No matter what station you watch, no matter who your favorite network is or, or what have you. Um, so to answer this question, how to stay positive uh, when there's so much negative news, I, I think we need to be intentional about how much we're, we're taking in. Right. And maybe we need to take um, some time and just turn the TV off and that kind of thing. Uh, from, a, uh, from a biblical perspective, here's what, well, here's what Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 13 in verse number 16. He said, all who are prudent act with knowledge. All who are prudent act with knowledge. In other words, uh, we're wise and we're conscious about the choices and the decisions that we make based on the information uh, that, that, that we're receiving. Um, just from a practical standpoint um, about how to stay positive when there's so much negativity out there and there's so much what's, what we would call bad news out there, here's what I would say to everybody who's tuning in today. Uh, be intentional about pursuing joy in your life. 
Be intentional about pursuing uh, joy in your life. In Nehemiah chapter uh, number eight and verse 10, it says the joy of the Lord is is our strength. So let me just ask you to consider this question today. And this is a question I'll throw out to you guys. Um, what fills your tank? What are some things that, that you get joy out of doing that help you to get your focus off of maybe the negativity uh, and, and engage in some things that are positive? And man, there's a thousand different answers to that question in right. my life. You know, right. some people might like to ride a bike. Some people like might listen to music, you know, pop your earbuds in and, and, and go for a walk, um, that kind of thing. Read a book, bake a cake. Uh, that's probably mm-hmm. the last thing any of us need to be doing with all we, much <laughs> we've been eating, uh, you know, here recently. Sure. But what is it that fills your tank? Uh, if you're like me, you like to work with your hands and maybe there's a project mm-hmm. around the house mm-hmm. that you can take advantage of. And that's something that just kind of fills your tank and gets you refreshed and refocused and gets us off all the negativity that we seem to uh, to have. And what's been really encouraging to me here lately is that we're starting to see, we've been going through this long enough, we're starting to see some of those amazing stories of people stepping up and doing some amazing things. And that's what I would say. Let's focus on the good that people are doing to focus on the people like Tim was talking about. Yeah. And let's turn this thing from a negative perspective to, uh, to a positive. And let's pursue joy and see what God wants to do in our life. Yeah, that's yeah. some good stuff. You know, something else I think to add to that is remembering that this will pass. That's right. This will that's pass. Right. You know, this is yeah. not the the first crisis that we've ever faced. This won't be the last crisis uh, that we ever face. And that's so right. this will pass. Second Corinthians four seventeen says, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that will vastly outweigh them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles that we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that we cannot see. For the things that we see now will soon be gone. But the things that we cannot see will last forever. So just keeping that focus on, you know, this time of crisis will be something we'll get past and we'll talk about it in the future. That's Remember right. that time That's right. that we were going through that. Uh, the things that we should stay focused on are the things that are going to last forever. Right. So well, I think that can help us I think what well. both of you brought up joy and then focusing on the things that last forever, you know, th- th- that's gratitude. <clears throat> you know, right now, if we would just, as, you know, Paul wrote about, just be thankful for what's going right in our lives right now. I mean, we have our families, we have food, we have water, we have electricity. I mean, this thing could be way worse, you know? And, um, and so just being thankful, I think that helps direct us off of the negative and onto the positive, um, and brings joy in our lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. So speaking of joy, there are all kinds of emotions that we are all having right now. Um, There's uncertainty. There's there's possibly some anger. um, There's some fear going on in people. And fear seems to be one of the most prominent things that a lot of people are dealing with and and trying to figure out how to navigate their fear in the midst of this. So I want to talk about fear for, for just a few minutes. And, you know, when I think about fear, um, I did not count these in scripture, but I, I did some research to see how many times God spoke about fear. And it says that, at least my research that I found says that in scripture, God spoke about fear 365 times. 
Like, how appropriate is that? One for like, every day, One right? for every day. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. you, you got leap year. One day, I guess you can be afraid. <laughs> yeah. But outside of that, 365 <laughs> yeah. times, God says, don't be afraid. Why does he say that? Because we tend to get afraid. Yep. Uh, we tend to engage fear in moments of crisis or uncertainty. And uh, that's why God says so many times, don't be afraid. And uh, God spoke actually to Joshua uh, back in the Old Testament in a moment where I'm sure he was afraid, leading the nation of Israel. And uh, God spoke to him in Joshua uh, 1.9 and said, Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And I love what he said actually a few verses before that. He said in verse 6, he said, Joshua, you are the man that I've chosen. You're the leader that I've chosen uh, for this moment. So in all of our lives, you know, we're the leaders God has chosen for us to navigate our church through this. And, you know, in your life, you're the leader that God has chosen for you in your own life uh, to, to navigate through the complexities that, that we're facing. And we do that knowing that God is with us in these moments. So what other thoughts do you guys have when it comes to battling fear in our lives? Yeah, you know, we're called to live by faith. And, um, you know, that's different than fear. And faith that we have a God who's in control yesterday, he's in control today, and he will be in control tomorrow as well. And, um, you know, I think as we reflect upon that, as you mentioned just a little bit ago, is this is going to pass. It is. And, but God hasn't left us either. And I know there are amazing things that he's doing right now, and he'll continue to do. And so where's our hope? Our hope is in him. He overcame death and sin. Jesus died on the cross for us. And so where do we put our focus and attention on? It's to live by faith. Yeah. I heard a definition uh, years ago that's just always stuck with me, and this might resonate with you. And somebody asked the question, what is fear? And, and, and I don't even remember who it was that answered the question, but they said, um, fear is false evidence that appears real. False evidence that appears real. And I got to thinking about that in my own life. And the, the only illustration I could really come up with, and there's, you know, are some things, I guess, that if I were totally honest, I would have to say that I'm afraid of. But one of the things that I'm really afraid of is snakes. I don't like snakes. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> I don't either. I don't either. As far <laughs> as I'm concerned, the only, the only good snake is a dead snake, as far as I'm concerned, you know. But let me tell you where that goes back to. When I was a kid growing up in South Florida in Miami, back yeah. when Broward County was really mostly Everglades. This was back in the 70s and, and even early 80s. And one of the things that we loved to do with my brother and our friends and all, we all had motorcycles and dirt bikes and that kind of thing. And we would chomp off and ride out through the Everglades on our motorcycles just about every single weekend. And, and I was only about eight or nine years old. So I had the wimpiest bike, you know, of everybody else. And I was the one that was always bringing up the rear. And um, if you've ever been out in the woods or the Everglades or swamp, you know, there's an awful lot of snakes, <laughs> yeah, especially yeah. moccasins in Florida, and I can remember uh, riding through the trails trying to catch up to my, to my brothers and my friends who were on bigger bikes, being conscious of the snakes, because you would, just about every turn you went around, you would see them, and I would be riding my bike like this, you know, trying to, <laughs> uh, to keep from getting bit, you know, yeah. and still to this day, I'm afraid of snakes. I'll say it. You know, I'm afraid of snakes. But you know what? In 50 years of being alive on planet Earth, you know what? 
I've never had a, 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 a snake encounter that was very dangerous at all. I've never been bitten by a snake. I've killed a few in my day, you know. Um, but if I, I go back to that, it was, a, it was a, a false evidence that has appeared real in my life. And that's where part of that, that fear comes from. And I think to overcome fear, Tim nailed it when he said it's, it's about faith. The other part of it is is, is fixing our gaze, like, right. like that passage of Scripture said. Uh, choosing to put our focus and our perspective on what we know instead of what we think or how we feel, you know? Got it. And uh, putting in a reality that is not false, uh, that's real, and that's true. Anyway, I probably rambled a no, whole lot. No, that's good, that's good content, that, man. But, and I appreciate what you said <laughs> because you've given Tim and I some uh, material to use for pranks. Prank. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, so yeah, we, we, we okay. have some rubber right. snakes that we're going to be bringing right. to the office. Open myself uh, to, up for yes, that one. Yes, yeah. you did. Yes, yeah. you did. <laughs> okay, it's all good. All right, so the next subject, guys, is related to our jobs. Um, there are people that have, are having their hours cut back. There are people that are losing their jobs right now in this crisis. There are going to be businesses that close. Uh, there might be churches that close. Um, so how, how do they wrestle? How do we wrestle with uh, that uncertainty? Yeah, it's, it's real tough. You know, I know a lot of people who have lost jobs or hours have been cut back or their pay has been reduced uh, or a lot of people lost their investments um, who are older in life and relying on that. And so it's tough. You know, we are living in a tough time right now. And I think the hard part is, you know, we're tempted to want to give just a simple answer. Um, But when in reality, there are people um, who are maybe single and they've just lost their job and you have kids and you've got to, you know, provide with food and rent. And, um, you know, the last thing you want to hear is trust God. Um, you know, if I were in that situation, I, I would be like, I don't want to hear that, you know? And so I think the best thing that we can do instead of saying like, Hey, just trust God is really ask this type of question, um, is, you know, who do you know God as like, how well do you know God? And um, the reason I phrase that is, you know, often when I look in scripture, there are so many people who were intimate uh, with God and in such an amazing relationship. And I want to point out just uh, Isaiah. Uh, I, uh, you know, he was a prophet of God and he wrote this um, that God had said in Isaiah 43 2. Uh, it says, when you go through deep waters, I, that's God, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. And so do we know God that intimately? Do we know him like that? And I would say we've got two options right now. One, either we turn towards God in these moments or we turn away from him. And so if you can't answer that question of, you know, how well do you know him? I would say lean into him in this moment and get to know him and see if what has been written about him to so many people who have found this to be true, that can be true for you right now in this situation, that you can find that God will walk through these difficult times with us. 
So I think there's an uh, you mentioned 365 ways to not be afraid or, right. or references to fear. I think there's equal or maybe more than that when it comes to the promises of God in Scripture. So right. there there's a there's a promise that can be claimed too. And I think in those moments. Um, we have to hang our hat on on the promises that God makes us um, if we are pursuing him to have that kind of intimate relationship with him that he desires and wants. Um, he promises to be our provider. Right. He promises to meet our needs. Right. And uh, I get it. It's hard. And, and, I, and we have such a tendency to want to try to, fix things on our own and, and do our own thing. Um, but I, I would wholeheartedly encourage anybody who's, who's listening to do what Tim said, lean in uh, yeah. to what God wants to do you today, to draw you close to him and cover you with his wings, I think is another passage of scripture where it talks about. Right. And, uh, uh, and claim the promises of God that he will do what he says he will do if we will trust him. Yeah, so the great reminder, I think, for us out of that is that God's not up in heaven worried right now. He's not wringing his hands trying to figure out how he's going to deal with the coronavirus. Um, This is an opportunity for us to be trusting him in that moment. Um, So uh, this past week, I was on a conference call with a group of pastors and the mayor of our community and the city manager. And uh, we've got an executive order to stay at home. So when it comes to isolation, we know there's a whole lot of bad things out there with isolation. You know, nobody likes to be isolated. And, and yet there can be some good things that happen out of that. So what are some good things that can happen in a moment where we got to be alone? Yeah, well, this is no doubt, you know, um, it's taken us to that place. And as I was thinking about it, um, actually, Jesus modeled isolation many times in his life. When you look at the New Testament part of our Bibles, and especially the gospel accounts of Jesus's life, uh, Jesus actually modeled this idea of, of getting away from the masses and the crowds with regularity and with consistency and, and getting alone. Um, and every single time, and you can go read it for yourself, every single time you see Jesus withdrawing from the crowds and the masses and getting along, he spent time with the Father. He used it as an opportunity to grow in his relationship uh, with, with his Father. Um, obviously, as the Son of God, they have a great relationship, but he always used it to spend time uh, with his father. I found a neat verse in Matthew chapter 14 and verse 13 that said one time Jesus uh, left in a boat to go to a re- remote place uh, to be alone. Um, you guys are old enough to remember this, and I don't know whether it was the 80s or maybe the early 90s, but you remember the Calgon commercial, Calgon soap, you know, Calgon, take, take, me, take away, me away, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. And right. the whole idea was that <laughs> if you had this particular brand of soap, you could go get in your tub and uh, forget about the distractions of life and the craziness at home and the kids running crazy, and you could just have your, your Calgon moment, your getaway moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... Um, this is a great opportunity for us uh, to do that, um, to take advantage of being isolated. 
And I know that's a different perspective to have, but how many of us, and I'm guilty of it right here, have said at some point in time in the craziness of our life, man, if I could just have a day just to, just to get caught up right. or just to do this um, or, or, or to engage in something that you, know, you just don't normally would have, have the time to do. So I would say from a practical level, um, take advantage of the isolation. And I get it when the kids are crazy and, and everybody's you know, around the house at the same time or, or whatever, that's a little bit maybe hard to do. But I would, I would suggest that, that maybe we just all be intentional at taking this time to, to engage in the spiritual disciplines of our faith that are gonna grow us closer in our relationship with Jesus and with God and pray. Uh, I heard somebody say this week, and I thought this was so good uh, for the, the the seasons that we're in. It says, when we're praying, and those times when we're praying today, he said, we need to learn to turn our what ifs into even ifs. You know, instead of praying, God, what if I lose my job? Praying, God, even if I lose my job. That's a good word. God, what if I get sick? To God, yeah. even if I get sick. Yeah. You know, and and use this time when we are separated and distant as an opportunity to get by our, by ourselves. You know, Scripture says, uh, "Be still and know that I am God." What's God yeah. saying there? Hey, just shut down for a little bit. Right. Just stop. Just listen, and 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 read the Bible. I'll take it one step further. Not just read the Bible. Study the Bible. And, and take yeah. advantage of the opportunity to sit down and maybe get your notepad out and, mm-hmm. or your tablet or your smartphone and, and, and make some notes. Um, meditate on Scripture, you know. Uh, if you know how to worry, you know how to meditate because meditation mm-hmm. is just focused thinking, right? Okay. Right. Uh, so, so take these opportunities to, um, in these moments of isolation, uh, to grow closer in our relationship with Christ and our relationship uh, with God. And, and uh, I thought, you know what, this is something probably all of us could stand to do from time to time because we're so used nowadays to asking Siri or Googling something. <laughs> but you know what, when we're isolated, you know what we can do? We can think. Right. When's the last time we just stopped and used our God-given right. brain to think and, uh, and, and use uh, what God's given us um, uh, to help us to, uh, to make it um, through. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is in this period of isolation, as far as I'm concerned, it's a great opportunity to practice the disciplines of our faith. Yep. And I know that might be a little bit hard if you've got twos and three-year-olds running around the house from time mm-hmm. to time in kindergarten or young children, uh, but uh, go sit in your chair and get a towel and throw it over your head and say, hey, when I got my head, my towel over my head, leave me alone or whatever you need to do. Um, <laughs> figure out a way to take advantage of the isolation and engage in the spiritual disciplines of our faith that take yeah. us deeper in our relationship uh, with God. Yeah. And I'll give you a place to start. A great place to start is the book of Psalms. There is so much stuff in the book of Psalms uh, that will help you uh, grow in your relationship with who God is and to understand and know the promises that God wants to make to us, uh, the relationship that he wants to have yeah. with us, and uh, just take advantage of some downtime, I guess, if you want to call it that, right. that we've all got you know, right now. 
Yeah, so uh, there are some good things that can come out of isolation. And uh, we know there's a whole lot of bad things that can come out of that. And so we don't want anybody to to feel like you're isolating so far that you're in danger, uh, you know, of yourself or from yourself. Or um, if you need to reach out, you need to talk to somebody, please reach out to us. You can email us at care at theepicchurch.com. We'd love to pray with you, pray for you, and help you in any way that we can. So, you know, we're talking about a balance uh, in this moment of isolation and, and getting as much good out of it as as we can, and yet uh, doing our best to stay connected at the same time. So another thought that I have, or topic I want us to talk about just for a minute, is the topic of how we as Christ followers should walk through this. Um, so, you know, we represent God to the world and how we handle this. And, uh, you know, we've got a, a big responsibility to represent God well in, in this time. And people are going to be taking their cues um, from us and how we model uh, the, uh, the times of uncertainty that we're facing. And, you know, just to start that off, just a, a few thoughts that I have, that, you know, I talked about here recently on one of our social media uh, devos, if you were following that, I talked about looking up, looking in, and looking around. Uh, so first, uh, what we should be doing, I think, as Christ followers, looking up to God. I think this is something for all of us. Look up to Him, and you know, um, this is our moment to really connect with Him in a deeper way, and and really evaluate what we're trusting in. So when we're looking in, the time of crisis really gives us a chance to look at, you know, what am I trusting in? Am I trusting in the economy? Am I trusting in my job? Am I trusting in um, things I like to do like sports or entertainment or, or whatever? Am I trusting in those things? And I think in a moment like this, all that stuff's been taken away. That's right. And we're all looking around going, wow, what am I really trusting in? So it's a chance for us to look inside. Uh, Psalms 20 verse 7 says, some trust in chariots and others trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. So as Christ followers, we should be modeling that in this moment. And then we've got the opportunity to look around and see all kinds of people around us that are in need and we can help them. And we got to be creative about how we do that, but we really can still help people. We don't have to stop helping people because we can't be uh, too close to them. We can still help people in this moment. Um, 2 Peter 3.15 basically says, always be ready to explain the hope that you have in Christ. And so as we're serving people in this opportunity, uh, I think people will be asking, like, how are you doing that? And how can you have such hope? How can you have joy in these moments? Well, it's because of the hope we have in Christ. And so we can model that. So I don't know if you had any additional thoughts related to that, how we as Christ followers can walk through that. Yeah, I think, you know, when we look at Jesus, um, right at the end of his life before he uh, died on the cross, he gave a new command, and it echoes everything that you just talked about, um, and I'll read it for us. You know, in John thirteen thirty four, Jesus said, so now I am giving you a new commandment, love each other just as I have loved you. And how much did he love the disciples, love people around him? So you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And so, you know, he didn't say, hey, you know, uh, show the world how much you love me by fighting over groceries or fighting over toilet paper or anything like that. You know, he commanded us to love others as he loved us. 
And so part of the opportunity that we've got is, man, we've got a lot of ability to go and love people right now. And there's a lot of creative ways that we can do that. One, we've got amazing technology to be doing what we're doing right here. Um, But also, we can reach out to people. Um, We can give them just a simple phone call and and talk to them uh, in the midst of this time. Instead of texting, you know, let's actually call somebody. Let's just maybe even write a letter. Some of the people that I've been going to, uh, you know, the grocery store or, you know, over certain business or something, I've just simply said, thank you so much for being here today. Mm. And they've paused and they look at me and they've said, thank you so much for saying that because they're on the front lines. And so just simply slowing down and acknowledging that they have to think every day, am I going to bring this home to my family, to my friends, uh, to my kids. And so just simply slowing down and acknowledging the tough times that we're in and calling people, connecting with them, writing letters to people. Um, you know, there are so many things that we can do to reach out to people, to show them that we love them and ask, how are you doing in the midst of this? Yeah. And that goes such a long way. And this is a great opportunity for us to, as Christ followers to be the only Bible that somebody may ever read. Right. Or the only picture of Jesus that some people will ever ever get, and and as the care pastor, and I know you guys already know this, but um, I'm so proud of Epic, and uh, I've already got story after story of of part of our Epic Church family who are doing exactly what Tim's talking about. You're reaching out to your neighbors, you're running errands for other people, you're supporting uh, folks with uh, with your resources. And I just want to say, man, that's amazing. That is a great way to respond uh, in this season as a, as a Christ follower. So um, so let's keep it up, man. Yeah. It's, and, it's and good stuff. That's the history of the church, you know. I mean, you look at uh, when the Black Plague happened, you know, the Christians ran in. Yep. Right. And that's why the Roman Empire turned to Christianity because the Christians went in and they fought the disease and they were with those who were sick. And so, you know, I'd say to those of us who potentially have not lost a job or aren't commuting and we've got extra gas money, be prepared to give somebody a hundred bucks for groceries, you know. If this thing continues to last longer, you know, there's a reason you have those resources, and so let's be willing to share. That's what the early church did. That's right. Yeah, God has blessed us so we can be a blessing yep. to others. So, Brian, let me toss this big question out to you. All right. Where's God in all this? Whew, gee, thanks. Um, <laughs> I know it's a light one for well, you. Well, here's what I know. Um, here's what I know. That's not a new question. Um, people have been asking that question for, for all of human history. I can remember a time in my life as a young as a young boy asking that question and in the eighties when United States and USSR, Soviet Union at that time where it seemed like uh, you know, they were gonna invade America and that was kind of the news line of the day and I can remember as a child growing up in a Christian home and listening to pastors and teachers and and my Sunday school teachers, you know, talk about uh, that particular uh, deal, you know, asking the question, all right. God, is this it? And God, where where are you at? And and uh, and, and what are you doing in all this? And, and and the the purest answer that I can give to that question, uh, God gave us in Psalm one hundred three, in verse number nineteen. And I believe this one verse of Scripture 
absolutely nails the answer to that question from a biblical perspective. We'll talk more about another perspective in just a minute. But here's what God says in Psalm 103. Here's what the Bible says in Psalm 103, verse number 19. It says, the Lord has made the heavens his throne. Now just stop and think about that for just a minute. How big does God have to be that he makes his, all the heavens his, his throne? Or he occupies it. That means he's a pretty big God, right? right? Okay. So it says, the Lord has made the heavens his throne, and from there he rules everything. From there he rules everything. Notice that verse does not say that God causes everything. And, and what I want to say today is that um, you know God doesn't cause evil, and God doesn't... Um, cause disease um, those are that's part of the fallen world that that we live in and what we know from uh, from the beginning of time is that God has always desired to be where he's always been which is sovereignly ruling and reigning over the affairs of man and earth as we know it and he chooses to be in relationship with us. He chooses to want to invite us uh, to, to be in, in his family. So here's what I believe. And, and, and when it comes to that whole idea of, of, of God not causing you know, evil or sickness or disease, but here's something else we do know. God allows it. All you got to do is look at the book of Job mm-hmm. and, and look at you know, what Job didn't do anything to to deserve what he went through when he lost his family and his children and his cattle and his wealth and even his health. But God allowed it. And scripture is very clear about that. And I believe one of the reasons that God allowed it is because God wanted to use it to reveal himself to Job in a greater capacity, but also to defeat the enemy and to show all of mankind that, God, that he's God and we're not. And he's sovereign and he's in charge and he's in control. So from a Christian perspective, here's what I believe. I believe God is everywhere. Um, the theological word for that is God is omnipresent. Right. You know, that, that just means uh, God has no boundaries. God has no limits. He's here today with us just as he is with the church in China today or any other place. He, he's everywhere. So I believe that, that God is, is present. And he's in the middle of everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Here's what I believe about this situation we're in right now. I believe God's in hospitals directing the affairs of doctors and nurses and protecting them as they care for patients and giving them wisdom and guidance and direction. Uh, I believe God's in, in grocery stores, enabling workers and managers, giving them energy and strength to get up and go to work and, and, and to do their duties and to perform uh, the tasks that, that, that they have. Um, I believe God's in homes today. Um, giving parents patience with their children. You know, I, I believe God is, is giving parents understanding to know how to communicate to their children. I believe God's in communities, using people to be the hands and the feet and the voice of Jesus, to reach out to their neighbor, to love on them and, and to serve them. Um, so I believe God's in pharmacies today. I believe he's in clinics today. I believe he's in doctor's offices today. I, I believe God is everywhere moving and working in the hearts and the lives of people 
who are tuned into him to get his perfect will and to get his perfect plan um, uh, accomplished. And we know that ultimately God wants to offer hope and healing to anybody and everybody. Um, I don't know if that's the answer that, um, you know, you were expecting to hear or, or what, but that's, that's what I believe scripture teaches is that, um, like we've said several times, God has not been caught off guard or by surprise. Right. Why is that? Because he rules and reigns from his throne in heaven above. Yeah. And, but he cares and he knows and he chooses to run to our struggle and our difficulty instead of running away. Yeah. So you had mentioned in uh, that, that time there about family situations, God being there. And, uh, you know, one of the other things that that prompted for me is the reality is we're going to be around each other. If you've got a family, you're going to be around your family a whole lot more now than probably you've been around your family for a long time. And so that typically means there's going to be some escalation of family tensions. And uh, in times of uncertainty, uh, there's moments for relation, relational breakdowns to happen and uh, friction. And so how do we handle some of that stuff that's yeah. happening when we're closer to each other? I think some people are actually excited about this time because they're seeing less of their family. They're outlaws. and No, I'm just, <laughs> mom, dad, I love you. You guys are awesome. You're welcome anytime. Uh, but, you know, um, you know I, I hope everybody is finding um, that our pace in life, we always say it's hectic and busy and we wish we had more time. And right now we've got more time. Right. And we've got time to build better relationships with our kids or with our family members who are at home. And uh, so see it as a blessing. And, And yeah, it's a new reality. And we've got to extend grace to each other. We've got to learn how to be patient and forgive and just think the best about one another versus, okay, they're doing that on purpose or they're getting on my nerves. I mean, it's a new dynamic, and so we just got to extend grace. And the passage I love always is Ephesians 4.31. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. And so we just got to learn how to extend grace and think the best about the other person. And, uh, and here's a real opportunity to do that. When that family dynamic, I'll defer this to you guys because my boys are grown and gone and we're, we're empty nesters, but you guys have kids at home. So how do you talk to your kids um, about this? What are some questions maybe that, that they're having or yeah. uh, from yeah, y'all's perspective from a dad? Yeah, and I think you'd probably be better apt to answer that. My my last two kids that are home are in high school. Yeah, um, so I've you've got, got four, four kids. I've got a 10-year-old, an 8-year-old, six, and soon to be four. And yeah. so, you know, I think the best way to handle it and the way we've been handling it is, you know, one, you've got to bring a certain amount of facts to the table, you know. Don't shelter them so much where it's like, hey, this is what's happening, right. you know, because they need to learn through this, grow through this, right. see how we handle this in this time and stuff. So 
don't shy back. Don't give them all information. Don't let them watch news 24 seven, you know, don't have the news on 24 seven and stuff. And then you've got to be sensitive, you know, at times where if uh, one of my children is struggling, which some of them have at times, certain little questions, be ready for those questions, hear them out, you know, pay attention to them, answer their questions and just say, yeah, this is tough. Um, You know, they're ready to go back to soccer. They're ready to go back to ballet. They're ready to see people at church and hang out with them. Um, And so just recognize that they're, they're struggling too at times. And then also engage them, you know, with new things. And so we've been having a lot of fun. We've been outside riding bikes a lot. Mm. Uh, we actually see our neighbors more off, more now than we did uh, prior <laughs> yeah. to this. There's a lot there of dog go. walking going um, on and bike right. riding happening. Yeah. And, yeah. But then, um, I, you know, I was talking to my uh, our niece up in Atlanta. And, you know, I think we the other reality, she's a senior in high school. And I think realize there are seniors this year that this is going to mark their senior year. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, you know, they aren't going to have a prom. They aren't most likely going to have a graduation like they were going to have. And so I think let's get creative. Yeah. Let's acknowledge that. Let's engage our students. Let's talk to them. Ask how they're doing with that because most likely they're not going to have those experiences. Man, get creative. I, I think... What about May 20th, 2020, you hear it now, have yeah. the epic Zoom prom. There you, you go. Know? Why not? So you got, <laughs> you know, 05, uh, 20, 2020, Zoom prom. I mean, you got enough zeros and O's in there. And uh, let's just have like, you know, you can invite 100 people to your Zoom party. I'll be the DJ, DJ That's what Jones. I'm so I'm it's got to be DJ Jones. So Gracie, Jones. I'll do that for you. Yeah. So, I mean, let's, let's have a little party. And you yeah. got to wear the gold pants. I, I will. I will. Uh, nobody can pull off gold pants like Tim. <laughs> That'd be good stuff. So, good um, stuff. guys, just as we wrap up, um, what's just some final encouragement for everybody? Just a final thought. I want to read a couple of verses of scripture if I can. Sure. Uh, this is where I really feel like uh, when I was thinking through some stuff, this would be a great place to uh, to start to wrap up. In First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 9 through 11, it says this, For God chose, God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. Verse 10 says, Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or are alive when he returns, we can live with him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. Um, I think the final thing that I would simply say is this is not the end of the story. Right. There are things about tomorrow we're not going to understand. But we know who holds tomorrow. And this is not the end of the story. It's great. And, uh, uh, God has made a way for us to, uh, to know him and to spend eternity with him. And at the end of the day, this is the last thing I'll say, and I'll turn it back over to you guys. Uh, coronavirus may take my life. But if it does, it's not the end of the story. Right. I'm going to be in a perfect place called heaven forever and ever and ever. And here's what I know. There is no COVID-19 in heaven. None whatsoever. <laughs> well said. And to echo the same thing, you know, I've, uh, in my entire life, the thing that I love so much about God and what he's done is that he has always moved 
towards me, and he always moves towards people. And so I think this is a great opportunity for us to move towards people. Um, He's done that in our lives. Um, He has done so much for me to make me who I am today. So why would I not move towards people in this moment? Good, great. Great. Yeah, so you know, my final thought is just for all of us to remember, God's still on his throne, as yep. Brian was saying. He's still completely sovereign. He's in complete control over everything. He's in control of our finances, our economy, our health issues. He's in control of everything. And he's the one we need to be turning to in these moments. And this is a prime opportunity uh, for us to grow a relationship with him, start a relationship with him, grow deeper in our relationship with him. Uh, So I think that's what we need to be focusing on at this time. So guys, I just want to say thanks uh, for doing this with me today. Uh, Great conversation. Hopefully it's been beneficial to you at home. Um, You know, want to remind you, God's going to see us through this and we got to be trusting in him as we walk through this. But if you're in a moment of need, uh, you can reach out to us. Just email us at care at theepicchurch.com. And again, we would love to engage you uh, about that and help you in any way that we can. Um, just a few other thoughts for you. If you want to stay connected with us, uh, you can uh, get some email updates. Just go to our website at theepicchurch.com. You can sign up for some email updates. You can get information from us. Uh, we try to send out uh, uh, multiple times throughout the week. You can continue to watch us online uh, for our services. We've got some uh, devotionals that we are doing, that we're filming, that we're posting on Facebook that you can watch as well. If you like our Facebook page, uh, there's a lot of ways to stay connected with us uh, during this time as we're trying to, to stay connected as a church family. I also encourage you to invite people to our Easter services. So next week is Easter, and I know it's going to be weird to celebrate Easter online, uh, but we're going to leverage that day, and we're going to leverage technology to make it a meaningful experience for all of us. So you can invite people uh, to be a part of that with us. And uh, after we're finished here, in just a minute, We're going to have some discussion questions come up on the screens. And as it does, I encourage you to just pause and reflect on these questions. You can pause them if you want to stop them. Uh, If you're sitting with your family or some friends, I encourage you to just engage some conversation there and dig a little deeper in what we're talking about today. So I'm going to ask Brian if you would close us out in a quick word of prayer, and then we'll be finished for today. God, thanks so much for our uh, our time of discussion today. And Lord, it's been different. Um, it's been good. It's been good for us just to, um, God, hear from each other. And uh, God, I pray you would take everything, every word of our conversation, and God, just blast it uh, wherever you want to blast it and touch whoever's life you want to touch. Uh, and Lord, um, I pray that you give peace to those folks that are struggling with anxiety, with worry, and with fear. God, I pray that you would bring hope uh, to those people who are uncertain um, about their future, uh, whether it's related to a job uh, or to a home or to a career uh, or maybe even to a relationship. Um, So God, uh, I simply ask you today on behalf of every person who's tuned in today uh, that you would draw near and uh, do what only you can do in the moments of difficulty and struggle, and that is put your big arms of love around us and uh, encourage us and and draw near to us and help us to know that we can trust you with every single area of our life. Thank you for Epic. 
and uh, for Trent, for Tim, and all of our volunteers and all of our leaders, everybody who's engaged in new ministry as we continue to step forward uh, towards people, like Tim said a moment ago, knowing that you want to use us to make a difference in somebody's life that literally will last for all of eternity. And God, maybe if there's somebody watching today who this has caused them to question whether or not um, they would spend eternity with you, I pray that today would be the day they would open their heart to you they would receive you as Savior and Lord and just trust you with every single area of their life and ask you to come into their life and forgive them of their sins and give them a home in heaven for all of eternity. We thank you for salvation that's freely available to anybody and everybody. For it's all these things we pray and ask in your name today. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Yeah, You're man. Back. Good You're job. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs>